0: You are listening to the Walk After Falling podcast.
1: I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what
2: the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Walk After Falling Podcast. Today we have a really special one, uh, somebody that I knew back when I was uh, in Florida for high school. A lot of people know me that I grew up in Chicago, but I did live for a year out in Florida at a really awesome school and uh, got to play with uh, our guest today and got to see his talents and just how God used his trajectory as an athlete to go to go to some pretty, pretty high heights and then uh, see how his story unfolded to owning a business today. So I want to introduce Casey Moholland. Casey, how you doing? Doing great, how are you? Good, man, good. I was just, you know, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, people we wanted to have on. And, you know, I always knew that you were somebody of faith back then. And, you know, I knew you were somebody that was always focused on your craft and baseball. Um, But it, it was like one of those things where I was only there for a year, didn't really know anybody too much. Um, but I always, that always impressed me that you were not, um, somebody who hid that part of your life. Um, you know, you would get on the mound and I think, you know, I would see you do, I, I did you wear a chain? I feel like I remember you like just kind of doing a little pre, pre prayer type of thing <laughs> on the mound.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I've had a couple of things that I've gone through over the years and uh, we'll get into that part of the story in a little bit. It's actually a good twist to that, but, uh, yeah, I know when I just had a little, little chain, a little routine. Um, and, uh, I always felt that it was something that I wanted to, uh, display kind of quietly, but nonetheless, you know, people definitely took notice of that
1: kind of thing. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. And yeah, I'm just excited to have you. I think it's, it's an awesome thing because it, to show, um, just the impact of, how faith plays into sports and how you use that part of your life to just uh, just push everything forward, keep that momentum going forward. Um, and I know for you know for me, I played baseball f- for maybe a year into college, and then I tore my shoulder. Catherine was a swimmer at Vanderbilt, so she's got that aspect of you know be- being an athlete, being in faith. So I just love the conversation. I'm excited for the conversation we're gonna have. But um, tell us a little bit about you, Casey, like what you're up to now and and how you're affected by uh covid
2: yeah absolutely so um actually in 2017 i started a business um for performance here in tampa florida uh we work with pitchers specifically uh do a lot of sports science work with them and uh you know with the market uh you know our market and baseball shifting everything closed down uh covid was actually a unique opportunity for us um but nonetheless one that was was very different because we had to shift to, from being in-facility and being able to house all of our athletes and work with our guys, collecting data on a day-to-day basis um, within our facility to actually having to shift to the online uh, forums and, and do what was right for them. But uh, we've been working with some MLB teams and working with some of our pro athletes and, and all the way down to our high school athletes just trying to, you know, mitigate what was currently going on but also understand an uncertain future yeah. um so you know we we work off of very hard dates um oftentimes what we do in terms of programming for them when you don't have those hard dates you're kind of just trying to keep them motivated trying to keep them going give them their purpose still and, and what they need to be doing and mm-hmm. um yeah, it's definitely been a an interesting time but uh we as a business have done really well so um i think this just shows our strength and and kind of tested us a little bit but excited to do it on the other
1: end that's good.
0: That's good. That's so interesting, too, that you you know you help athletes all the way from high school to professional. And how how are they kind of dealing with this in different or similar ways? And how are you showing up for them in similar and different ways?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we always talk about community within our, our facility, mm-hmm. um, and and so one of the unique things I think uh, you have high school athletes who. You know, parents may be losing a job. Um, you might see that, you know, parents are, are, you know, selling their car. We've had that happen. Um, and so these kids are losing things or, or just very uncertain about what's ahead for them and their family and their personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have our pro athletes and, you know, uniquely baseball players. When you turn pro, uh, people think you make a lot of money, and sometimes you do. Uh, But oftentimes it's a very heavy struggle in minor league baseball. These guys get paid less than minimum wage. So, you know, now having no job, you know, you have a a wife and a kid at home, you're expecting to be playing somewhere. Uh, They may have already committed to an apartment or a a lease somewhere in Arizona or, you know, somewhere else. It it becomes very difficult for them. So we're trying to be there for them to support them, Uh, you know, whether it be financially through their training, you know, Creating different payment models or just maybe even you know give them a discount in certain cases. Yeah. Um you know, or just trying to, you know, make sure you ask them day to day, hey, how you doing? You know, something simple like that, but trying to just, you know, be there for them and stay
1: consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's so good. That's good, man. It's good to hear that you're doing good. And, and, and just that, that mental approach to everything that you're, you're helping these guys out with. Um, it's such a huge part of the game to have people like you bridging that gap for them, especially with, with the unknown. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Can you, we're going to, we're going to take it back now, man. We're going to, we're going to go back to who you are and how you, how you got to where you are now. Um, so Casey, tell me a little bit about you growing up, man. Like was baseball always part of your life? Was faith all a part of your life? How did, how did those two work together for you growing up?
3: So,
2: um, you know, a lot of people have, like, a rags-to-riches story, how they came to faith and, um, you know, how they, you know, discovered God, and and a lot of times those stories are so inspiring and, and so amazing, but mine wasn't that. Uh, you know, my family raised me in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew Jesus, you know, as, as a young kid. My my family really ingrained and helped me understand that my faith was valuable.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, my, my dad used to—I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to sit me down and Always tell me, you know, the first thing, the most important thing in your life is, is God. Mm-hmm. You know, second is going to be your family. And then he lists off a bunch of things below that, that he <laughs> wanted me to keep in perspective. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was always part of it. Baseball has been, I was actually nicknamed at birth, uh, after Casey Stengel. Oh,
3: wow. So, uh,
2: yeah, he was a great Yankees coach for a number of years coach of the Mets as well so baseball from birth was just something that i do. yeah um and so it, it's always been part of my identity i guess you could say mm-hmm. um but as i've transitioned over the years i've learned to kind of you know not let it be everything of who i am but yeah. uh obviously it's opened up the network and created the, the lifestyle that i currently live and i always see it as being a big part of my life in
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Just finding that balance is such an important thing. And, and knowing, you know, the priorities uh, in your life, uh, especially. I love that because that's a similar story of mine where, you know, you have that parent or your parents who, you know, establish those things from the start. And of course, there's going to be things throughout our life that we're going to struggle with and, and maybe even walk away from. But, you know, we always know what that. What that true calling is, what that true priority is in 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 God, you know, and I love that. Especially being an athlete, how did you utilize that and just remain who you are?
2: I think one of the um, challenges for me was to find my identity. Uh, you know, baseball consumed so much me at a young age, and as I got to point in high school where I felt like I was achieving. Um, yeah. You know, more and more people wanted jump on board and and start to be a part of your journey. Um and I had to learn to step away from that a little bit and to stay focused on my own path. I think in that that's where I really discovered that, you know, I could be expressive about my faith, but I didn't have to be so upfront about it. It could just be part of who I am. Um, and it just like baseball, you know, baseball is always a thing that, you know, somebody would try to have a conversation with me to be the first thing I want to talk about Um, because it was the the thing that I was consumed with Mm -hmm. uh, but I started to realize more and more that in the right openings and with the right relationships that I would build Mm. uh, I would have more and more opportunity to kind of open up about the things that I felt um, the places that I felt I wanted to go and the things that were kind of just pressed upon my heart Mm. uh, you know people I wanted to be around and, and the places that I wanted to go and it helped me become more authentic. Yeah, Um, And I realized that in my expression and, 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 you know, small bits and pieces through relationships, my faith was the thing that kind of brought me uh, to kind of show people me, the true me. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's awesome, man. And that's that's a lot of uh, leading by example. And like I always say, I just love the fact that I knew that you know, you were about your faith, because that made me feel like, man, this kid, this kid's gonna go somewhere, he's gonna make it somewhere far, and whether it's in business, in baseball, anything that he does, um, it's almost like Real recognizing a kindred spirit in a way. Um, so I, I just appreciate that you led by example in that way, especially amongst guys who probably didn't know a lot of the Lord at that time. Everybody was from a, from a lot of different places. Um, so to stay true to who you are, to stay true to who God is, I just commend you on that.
2: I appreciate that. No, that really means a lot. You know, it's, uh, it's cool to hear that. kind of look back, I guess, together now, right? Yeah. You know, or, years removed, and, and uh, time seems like it was so far ago, but, yeah. uh, you know, I guess as you grow and as you evolve, it's, you know, it's not always easy. You kind of remember the difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think are a lot of times you remember the really, really good times. You remember the mm-hmm. difficult times. It's kind of hard to sometimes find the, the middle ground, and I think that's where our identity a lot of times lies is that middle ground. So, mm-hmm. you know, hearing it from the outside and, and you know, hearing about, you know, perception of you know, what I tried to be in terms of consistency and in terms of who I was. And, um, you know, especially at a younger age, I had a lot of people at IMG. I mean, there were so many people that, that helped groom me and bring me along and, mm-hmm. and still, you know, positive values and let me still be myself as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there was so much that happened at a time, so much growth that occurred over those years. It, it's really cool to hear that from you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, definitely, man.
0: And something I feel like I can so relate to, you know, growing up when, you know, when I was swimming, it was like all of my free time was spent training. It was either, you know, in the pool or in the gym and you just spend so much of your time in your sport and it does become all you want to talk about. And then it becomes so quickly, so much a part of who you are and like, for me, it was for a really long time, the, the biggest part of my identity was that I was a swimmer. Um, so can you kind of talk about, you know, your journey through that and kind of after high school, you know, going into playing in college and playing, um, in the minor leagues, um, you know, how, how did your identity start to grow more towards baseball and towards or away from the Lord?
2: there's a group called game on when i was at img academy and they always use this this game they like they called it coin and so what they forced us to do as athletes was actually step out we couldn't talk about baseball they said you had to tell us something you had to give us a coin something that you were interested in, in your life something that you did mm. it could be things like you know uh i like to fish or you know i like to read a book mm. uh you know I, i'm you know, I like I love playing with my iPad, and trying to code things like that. Things that were unique mm-hmm. to you um, that were not necessarily your sport. And what they were trying to do is teach you that you know as you grow, you could use these things that are auxiliary to your your sport to actually build relationships. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get it at the time. I was just playing games with them. They were just fun. I'd like to go hang out in their classes, and yeah. Steve and Blair would just give me all this this uh, you know, these different challenges socially. Um, and some of them were sometimes just abstract and, and, you know, with very little context around like how I would apply to the real world, but then I would see it in my day-to-day. I would see it in how I was approaching things. It really was when I got to college, when I got to Ole Miss. Um, you know, I was on my own for the first time. I was in Mississippi. Um, and, you know, for me, I guess in my faith though, i been something that was kind of part of my life. Um, and I really posted it on Twitter. I kind of, you know, funny you know, back then, how much I was posting on Twitter and just putting out verses, yeah. um, just things that related to me for that day. Wow. And people actually connected with that when I got there. People actually had, you know, who were of faith were actually wanting to connect with me at a time. But I found the only thing that they knew how to talk to me about was God's Word. They, they wanted to <laughs> connect to me about verses, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and like anything, like, I would love to sit and talk the Word all day, but I wanted to build a relationship with people, too. Exactly. So I started to struggle because... One side of it was just baseball discussion all day. And then I would go to like an FCA and it was like, you know, very little community building for mm-hmm. me. It was mm-hmm. just talking about the word all the time. And so I got a little burnt out and it was trying to search for the thing that helped me kind of feel whole. And I was just looking for relationships. Yeah. Um, and so my story kind of twists, I guess you could say, and, and really where I, I adjusted my identity a touch um, and where I really found uh my personal relationship with Christ was um you know, I was kinda just in this weird place where uh like I said I was getting burnt out, just trying to do the same things over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um being away from home for the first time, it was the first time I'd really experienced not having those connections to lean on, to call my buddy and go, Hey, let's go to the beach today because yeah. I knew about the beach shit because, you know, I'd grown up with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um I was sitting in my dorm room one night and I was just kind of flipping through the Bible. Just, you know, I remember I had my feet up on my desk and I was just kind of like bored. A bunch of guys were going out and all kind of stuff. I just chose to stay mm. in my dorm and just hang out. Um, and I remember flipping through and uh, I saw Psalm 55, 16. And I remember I wrote Psalm 55, 16 in a pin on my arm, my left wrist. And I wrote a cross on my left wrist just because I was doodling and thinking about, you know, what different verses meant, not really in any context, just, you know, as it is. Yeah. And um, I, I then drew it in a Sharpie. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but then drew it in a Sharpie, um, and I went to class the next morning, and the Sharpie hadn't worn off. And I remember the girl next to me in class turned over, and she said, what's on your wrist? Hmm. And I said, oh, it's Psalm 55, 16. It's just the verse that says, but I call the Lord, the Lord saves me. Mm. And she goes, oh, that's really cool. She goes, hey, we haven't really talked too much. She goes, I'm, I'm Heather. And I was like, oh, super great to meet you. And we just started talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And that, that that, cross on my wrist, I was walking around campus all day, and people would stop me and ask me, hey, what's on your wrist? Mm. And I was like, oh, it's just the verse. It's just, I, I drew it last night. It's just, you know, Psalm 5, 516. like, Oh the Lord, and the Lord saves me. Mm. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. You you play baseball here? I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's me. We haven't met yet. I'm so-and-so. Wow. And so all of a sudden I'm meeting people and I was kind of sitting and struggling in this, in this position. And I realized that my face, it was in baseball were the kind of the two things who I am, but I had to also kind of step outside of that, build mm-hmm. relationship. And I could also talk to people about the things I was most passionate about. They would recognize that already. I didn't have to be over the top to share those things with them. It was just part of who I was. So it was, I guess you could say, kind of a moment for me where I realized, you know, intentional conversation day to day, even the smallest of talk, it doesn't have to always be led by, you know, a verse,
3: Mm -hmm. which is
2: what it started off with. But it didn't always have to be led by a verse. It didn't always have to be about baseball. It could be about just acknowledging what somebody was wearing or, you know, something that they had doodled on their arm or, it could be their shoes, and yeah. you open up the opportunity for community, for connection, and then that would ultimately lead me into making some really great connections that yeah. would, you know, the rest of my life be there, yeah. and and that's what, you know, that that little paradigm shift, as simple as it was, <laughs> a little paradigm yeah. shift for me, that's what made a difference and, and brought me out of this this space where I could find my identity and, you know, my coins, not just in the two things I was always constantly
0: involved in Mm, that's so good and it's like god always has those doors opening you just have to be you know attentive to like what the doors are because it's something so simple as someone asking you hey like what's on your wrist or just a small decision to even like write that on Mm -hmm. your wrist and um you know i think a lot of the times when especially when you're an athlete you are just so you can become so hyper-focused on one thing and one goal and really just kind of put your head down and like kind of barrel through life. Um, And I think that's something, you know, I've discovered after swimming is like, I I now have a kind of more energy to be able to see the doors that God is opening for me in the littlest of ways. Mm -hmm. And I love that you were able to see that even when you were playing baseball because then it just has like you said the opportunity to create different connections all over
2: mm-hmm. absolutely well I think unique with uh the you know a lot of times as athletes and I learned this as I kind of got higher up in a the sport there's an expectation
3: you know mm-hmm. in
2: college ball um, it's not as Ole Miss has a very large crowds and and I was uh, I was had of coming into oldness, but they had a very large crowd there. There was a big expectation waiting over me to be somebody, but I was also still young enough to be kind of, quote-unquote, a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely looked like it. I was pretty skinny at the time. <laughs> but um, as I got into Pro Bowl, you know, you start wearing a professional uniform, and you're walking around, and you have kids or parents who are constantly wanting to take pictures, constantly wanting autographs. Um, and so you know, I wasn't a big name. You know, celebrity minor league player. Mm. Uh, those guys, the guys that are the big name celebrity minor league players, they have even more of an expectation to yeah. be a leader, to be a you know. There's a there's a the tag that's placed upon you, mm. and what I quickly realized at all Miss was the moment that I could make more lasting connection. I could ask them about something. I could I could uh, you know, uh, for example, with with autographs. You know, if you just acknowledge the kid had that nice hat on or, you know, he would ask me, Hey, where are you from? That would be something you could pick up a fan for life doing that. Nice. And I took that in my day-to-day life as well. It's, it's, and that's what we were saying. It, it, it could be the smallest of comments, but it carries such a weight for the future if you just approach building a relationship that way, just take a step out and say, you know what, today I'm going to acknowledge what's outside of my realm. I think so often we get caught in the and the you know the mm-hmm. the cycle of life right the rat the yeah. rat wheel and we're we're constantly running um in the in the rat race and, and we forget to take a moment take a deep breath and ask people hey how you doing
3: or mm-hmm.
2: hey let me you know you got a you got a really nice you know I love your shoes right you got a really nice <laughs> yeah. jacket on today where'd you get that um smallest of comments can make a huge difference absolutely and the expectations overall when they weigh it I think we just have to learn to kind of and take a deep breath, refocus on the things that make us whole, the things that, you know, God's called us to, Mm -hmm. and find our purpose and realize the big picture, the vision, which is, you know, hey, I'm doing this for a specific reason. It could be work, it could be sport, um, it could be a number of things, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing this for a purpose, and and this is where I know I'm called to be, so I'm going to make the most of it. You know, paradigm shift, change your your perspective, your focus, and, and take advantage of it
1: yeah that's so good, man. That's so good and i wanna um kind of touch on on that because there I feel like there are two um very important like there's probably a lot of important days in in baseball career, but the, uh, an important day is when you sign that contract and what your life means going forward and you mentioned expectation, but tell us a little bit about um what that meant for you to finally see all the hard work and all all the time you put in. And all of that just come to fruition in that moment. And then the second part of this question is you talked about losing that status and how your life shifted from there.
3: Sure.
2: So I'll tell you guys a funny story. Um, and you talk about, like, you know, your whole life, you're, you're constantly looking for is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this not where I'm supposed to be? Baseball kind of always this thing that I thought I was supposed to be in. Uh, But my junior year of college, I actually started to question that. I wasn't sure if baseball was going to be the route for me. I dove into religious studies, and that was my major. I actually graduated with a religious studies degree. Um, And I decided I was going to intern my senior fall uh, at USF. I decided I was going to intern and try to learn about uh, some of the on-campus ministries. Mm. And I remember I walked into one of the ministries and I spent a couple of days there just interning and kind of learning the ropes and everything else and hanging out with the lead pastor there and just trying to determine this is this some a path that I want to go in my life. If yeah. baseball doesn't work out, uh, I got to, you know, get a job. What am I going to do? I never
3: thought <laughs> past that before.
2: Yeah. Um, and so when I went into this ministry for the first time, I, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, okay, this guy's talking to me about a lot of things. He has like the 80-20 rule where, you know, we want to have enough seats and and uh the auditoriums make sure that, you know, when we're doing services or when we're doing whatever, that you know, people feel comfortable. And we wanna make sure that when right when service is over, we wanna have two people at the door that are our best speakers to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure when people come out, the first two out are always people that are kinda of uncertain about church to a degree. So we wanna make them feel welcome. And I was like, yeah. Man, this is I love building relationships and I love building community, but I don't think this is for me. It's mm-hmm. too structured. It, it almost became too much of a business for yeah. me. And I was like, I don't think all churches are that way. And, and, and again, I didn't have the experience of visiting a lot, mm-hmm. but the one that I did, I was like, ah, I just don't think I want to go down this path and, and fight this. This is wow. not a place that I feel my, my heart. I don't feel called here. Um, and so I started, you know, kind of pivoting off of that and going into this this focus. Well, maybe I'll start a a, a, a nonprofit, yeah. and maybe I can work in service. I love serving people. I mm. love creating, you know, service-based ideas. I had this pretty cool uh, business that we started. I had this idea that um, I was going to build an app, and on that app you could uh, basically find local places to serve, And anybody listening, if if you want to take this app and run with it, you're welcome to. (laughs) I don't have any exclusive rights here. Um, But it was was a great idea. It was basically, you know, in a form of the bright futures, and and you basically write all your hours on a sheet. I was basically supplying an app and and, um, a place for people to connect to, to serve. Um, and then also doing some mitigation of donations so that Mm -hmm. we could actually turn monies back out to places that needed it. Mm -hmm. And then people could also donate to places that they felt, you know, uh, they, they wanted to donate. Had all this stuff going on at that time, I was just looking to serve people. Um, and right as I start getting some traction on this app idea, I started getting some, some, uh, backing and I, uh, brought some people onto our board of advisors. I go to a CEO council meeting where I, I hear a bunch of people talk. Uh, I, right that day, the, the day before that I was at CEO Council meeting, where I'm really going to get a lot of traction, I actually get drafted by the Dodgers. Wow. Um, and kind of sit there saying, like, okay, well, I have a decision to make here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I told you guys before that I was nicknamed Casey after Casey Stingle, mm-hmm. um, who played for the Yankees. He actually started playing baseball when he signed his first contract. It was with the Brooklyn Dodgers, wow. became the LA Dodgers. Wow. Um, so, on top of that, Casey Sting wore number 37. Mm-hmm. And I was drafted in the 37th round. Wow. Um, and my whole, my number my entire life had been 37. So, it was just little weird things. Mm. And, and I'm not super into all the coincidences and stuff. <laughs> but I was just kind of sitting there laughing, like, this is where my heart's at. Like, this is what it is. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. Um, and. Everything just pointed me giving it a shot, and I did. Um, but my first year, I ended up getting hurt, mm. and that was it for me. That was going to be the end of my career. Um, but that one year of professional baseball uh, opened up more doors mm. for me and opportunity to do what I'm doing today, where it is a service-based focus. I'm coaching, so I get to work with kids and help groom them, yeah. not just talk to them about baseball, but also about their life. Um, I understand the sports science side of it, mm. and I started growing in that. And then I connected what, you know, my whole, you know, my passion was for so long in baseball into a small business, which I felt was somewhere I could be competitive. So wow. it's funny when you look back that how, you know, the wheel spins, right? And yeah. the uncertain times, but um, I always knew that God was going to show me the right door at the right time, and he did. Um, wow. So it's just, you know, you, you, you look back and, and laugh at some of the small hints that you kind of feel you get along the way mm-hmm. uh, but that lead you into where you are. And, and yeah. that's really the, the the path, the the growth track for me where um, you know, where I am today. My, my faith today lies in the fact that, you know what, it's going to work out.
3: Mm-hmm. COVID-19 mm-hmm.
2: comes, you know what, it's going to work out. This is where I'm called to. This
3: is what yeah. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do.
0: So. And when that moment came that you realized that you were no longer going to play baseball, what was that immediate experience like for you?
2: Um, you know, I struggled with it for the first month or two. Um, I knew it was over
0: mm.
2: uh, when when my baseball career ended. I knew it was over. Um, I didn't want to fight anymore. Mm. I remember I got my – this is kind of a, a – you know, a moment where I started seeking, I started just asking God, like, what's next for me? Yeah. Um, because I really didn't know. I, I'd get my bike and I would start riding around my neighborhood. I'd ride, you know, 10, 15 miles, I Had nothing else to do. I was just, you know, <laughs> rehabbing and <laughs>
0: trying yeah. to
2: figure out what to do. And, uh, I remember going on those bike rides just praying and asking God, you know, I don't know what's next. I don't know, uh, where I'm supposed to end up next, but I do know that my focus is supposed to be on others. Man.
3: Um, yeah.
2: and so I would ride around my neighborhood and see who was driving by on a bike on the road. You can see very closely who's driving by. Yeah. So I remember looking at the expression on people's faces and thinking about, you know, man, that person wasn't having a bad day. Like, <laughs> and I would pray for them.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, or that person's having a great day. And, yeah. and I would pray for them and think wow. about them and just that kind of time, alone for me was what I needed to kind of reset, restructure, and, and refocus my life.
1: Man, mm. man. Yeah, man, I know it, it's it's tough, man, especially for somebody like you who has tasted, uh, uh you know, that experience of, of playing in the minors, and that's something that, you know, when you start off in baseball and you start to realize, man, this might be something, like, that becomes the goal, and I remember the similar thing with me is, like, When I got to my freshman year of college, I started, uh, I started, I thought, what I thought was like the yips, you know, I started, like, the ball started going this way and that way, and I was like, man, like, I'm at second base, how, how can I not get the ball over to this guy, you know, and it started messing with me mentally, so then I went and got, um, you know, it checked out, and it ended up, I had a torn labrum, rotator cuff tendinitis, shoulder impingement, all this, all this stuff wrong, and in that moment for me, it was like I could get a surgery because we remember uh, Shea Malak, or we played with him and he, and he ended up having labrum surgery. And I remember him yeah. coming back from that, you know, and I just kept having that thought in my mind like I could come back and I can play and, you know, it might not be the same, but... You know, something in me was just like, you know, I don't, like you said, I don't know if I want to fight for this anymore. Like, I feel like I've given it all that I have and I can, I can walk away knowing that I did every little piece of me that I can that I could do, uh, or putting every little piece of me I could into it. And, um, yeah, it's a realization that's hard to come to terms with because you don't ever want somebody to tell you you're done. You know, you want to, you, you want to be the one that tells yourself and, To come to that realization is something that is peaceful too it can be peaceful for you because you know that hey I did this and I know God's gonna work it out. So I just I can feel that. I definitely feel that man and for me that was that was tough. it was tough but I was ready to move on. I was ready to see what else God had in store and I ended up doing things that I never thought I would do or and built relationships in different areas that I never would have had if I would have kept trying with baseball. So I can totally understand that.
2: Well, I think you know one of the things when I was younger, I was supposed to be a top five round draft pick, wow. um, and, and usually top five round draft picks are, you know, given a million dollars. Yeah.
3: And
2: so at eighteen years old, you know, for me, it was supposed to be, hey, this is the path. Uh, I missed it by sixty days to Tommy John surgery.
1: Wow. So, I remember that post um, you had. Yeah.
2: It, if if I had just stayed healthy for another sixty days, I would have probably made that money. Wow. Um and. You know, I kind of think back over all that. and um, I kind of went from being on the top of the world to kind of feeling like I was forgotten about mm-hmm. and having to rehab through that process, just trying to stay firm in that process. And, um, you know, I, I have been through those ups and downs mm-hmm. so many times in my life where it was injury or, you know, whether it was just, you know, I, I had my scholarship pulled at old Miss after my first year. Um, you know, I I remember going down to the stadium and I'd sit behind home plate in the dark at like midnight you had a code that you could get into the stadium with and I couldn't sleep. So I was running down to the stadium and I was typing in the code and I knew my time at Ole Miss was going to be up. I was just waiting to talk to the coach. I go down there and I sit and I kind of stare up at the stars at at the stadium and I sit there and think and I was trying to just figure out, okay, where, God, where do you want me next? Mm. Like what, what impact, I thought this was the impact I was supposed to leave. I had this preconceived notion that, you know, having a pedestal in baseball was going to be the place, or having a pedestal in Oxford, Mississippi
3: was Mm going to be the place Mm
2: -hmm. where I could make an impact and, you know, try to help the community or or lead people. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's not where you're going to be anymore. Mm -hmm. We're going to go this way. And all along the way, you know, you you just, there's been these huge ups and downs and, and, you know, injury was it for me. Those Mm -hmm. were the ups and downs. but. I thought to myself in context, you know, man, there's so many other people that have it so much worse than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many people out there who, um, even in the situation I am, I'm in, I can still make a connection with, I can still grow a community with. And my purpose may be to play baseball. My purpose may not be playing baseball at the highest level. Mm -hmm. My purpose Mm -hmm. may be to be here where I'm at now and, and make an impact on the people that are closest to me. And, and, perspective I think is key mm-hmm. if we're able to maintain perspective in the moment on those things and and you know let's, let's face it we think we know what God's purpose is for us <laughs> from time to time yeah. right yeah um but the moment that it shifts the moment that we have to make that hard decision you know I think it's it's easy to just off time it, it's easier to off time just ask okay where to next yeah. instead of trying to solve the puzzle where am I now? Wow. Um, and, and that's, you know, over the years, it's something with pro ball, college, et cetera, that I've had to just continue to fall back on.
3: Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. That's
1: good.
0: And your story, I feel like it's so, you know, it so clearly has, you know, those ups and downs yeah. and in those times that you were really struggling and you felt like you were being pulled down what what things were you kind of telling yourself? Like, what damaging thoughts were you having that were pulling you farther down? And and then on the other side, what what has been your true north kind of pulling you back up?
3: So I
2: think the from the pulling down side, um, you know, the expectations, like I said, from other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, like my coaching staff, I never want to let people down. I, mm-hmm. I love... I'm a people pleaser. Like that's something that is ingrained in me. I mm-hmm. want people to be happy. I want to, yeah. you know, be able to work with people and grow a community. And when you're not reaching their expectations in the sports specifically, um, oftentimes they feel like they're against you. And mm-hmm. I've had coaches, multiple coaches, and years after my my playing career, you know, I've kind of now gotten back in contact with a lot of them. They said, "Oh man, I loved you as an athlete. You were my favorite. It mm-hmm. killed me to have to let you go or wow. to, you know, see you move on." And I think about that today and, and I realized that, you know, from a business perspective, I get what they were doing. Yeah. I get the, the relationships and, and, you know, how they were building, um, you know, their teams to have success in their job. Mm-hmm. But man, as a player, it feels like, you know, you're just letting the people that mean the most to you down. Mm-hmm. And so for that, you know, I was letting the negative thoughts of, you know, how, how my impact was to them. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm not achieving enough, you know, I, I didn't serve them well enough as a person, mm. you know, those things were were all crossing my mind, um, but then the north for me, the thing that kind of pulled me out of it was, you know what, yeah, but I don't know what's next, mm. I just know that God has something for me on the other side, and I'm going to go figure this out, I know where I'm supposed to go, and and I would just lean into God and be like, alright, well, you know, I don't want to go to junior college, but if that's the path, yeah. then show me what's next. If mm. it's you know, USF, show me what's next. And uh. um, Just feeling at peace with those decisions. Um, I think you know, having to lean into the word um, and lean on my closest network
3: mm. and
2: say to them, hey, if this is what I'm feeling, this is where I'm at, I have these decisions to make oftentimes the people that are closest to me have no idea. They, they don't understand baseball at all, mm. <laughs> um, but I'm leaning into them about major baseball decisions or yeah. major life decisions for me through my sport. Um, and you know, they're pouring into my life just saying, Hey, you know, what are your thoughts? Just hearing me out and let mm. me speak. And, and in that, I think there's a definite, uh, you know, power in, in discussion and yeah. power in community. And, and then ultimately it was, you know, prayers together to say, "Hey, you know, Let's see where this ends up. Ultimately, it turned out just fine.
3: Mm-hmm. So.
0: That's good. And I know you talked a lot about, like, others' expectations of you and that disappointment of really letting them down. How do you feel like you were able to keep almost separation from that, like not make their expectations of you your expectations of you? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, – I think it was really hard, um, early on in my career because I didn't Mm -hmm. know who I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. later in my career. I got really comfortable with, I can't please those people. I can't, uh, do the things they're asking me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would work to be my very best day in and day out. I don't think it's just a baseball thing. I think it's a life thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but I worked my very best day in and day out. and I learned that my best effort, right or wrong, there's going to be times where I'm completely wrong. I'm just, mm. I'm so far, uh, you know, left on this thing where I just don't feel like I did my, uh, I, I did justice to the situation, mm. but I know I did my best. And that's all I can, I have to live with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's, you know, my parents, it was my coaches, it's my friends. Um, and I think that's maybe part of growing up, maybe part of maturity is you kind of just grow peace with, okay, these are my talents. These are my skills. Um, this is what I know. I'm not trying to go above and beyond those things and try to impress people with things that I don't know or skills that I don't have. Mm. It's just being okay with who I am and where I'm at and knowing that, you know what, I'm very talented. God's given me a lot of gifts and skills and I can use those gifts and skills to, not only make my life a lot better, um, and have success, but, you know, giving my best effort in those things, I feel is honoring to God. Mm. It's going to help other people in the long term. It may not be the person in front of me, but it'll help somebody else. Um, and kind of walking through that as, as, uh, you know, realizing the gifts that you've been given. Mm.
1: That's so good, man. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, just that. And, and the common theme that I see throughout that whole, story is uh just the fact that you always always turn to god you always turn you you gave him the acknowledgement and that is so important through a through a a story like yourself you know and finding these ways where you feel like these decisions you have to make a decision here and there because If you wait too long, you know, that's your career That's everything you're putting your whole life into working for and just giving him the Acknowledgement in the areas where you knew you couldn't handle it yourself is just a, a, a real thing a real thing
0: And also intentionally seeking mm. his guidance. I think a lot of us, you know, we We, like, pray on a whim, like, oh, please show me the way, God. But, like, (laughs) you don't actually spend time, like, listening for a response or being willing to step into actually where he's leading you.
2: Absolutely. I think the first step, um, you know, obviously, you know, praying about things and seeking guidance, but also actively pursuing those things. Mm. And, and, you know, if there's something that I can say that, you know, my time, my my career, my, my current career path as a business owner. Um, yeah. I did those things. I prayed about those things. I was uncertain about those things. Even as I started them, I remember, I remember we took our first lease out on our building and I mm. was like, Oh boy, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, this is a big commitment. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Like, um, but the more and more that I, I stepped into it and I played that role, I just realized, you know what? It's a huge commitment, but God's got me one way or the other. Yeah. It's, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm chasing a passion, I'm chasing a talent that I feel mm. I've been I've been blessed with. Um and I wanna see this through. I wanna find out where it's gonna take my life and where it does take my life. I know God's got planned for me, so you know what? I'm I'm happy this is mm. where I'm going.
1: That's so um good, man.
2: and yeah, it's just you know, I, I think I, two things I also want to commend are my friends and my family as yeah. well. Um, because in that past I will tell you that, you know, in the times that I've been uncertain, having that, that group around you to speak life into you mm-hmm. and to to encourage you through that. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without my friends, without my family, uh, to have, you know, pushed me into the, the directions and, and told me, Hey, this is who this is where you're supposed <laughs> to be. We yeah. know this. We've prayed with you over this. This is what you're supposed to remind me of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely all around, highly, highly recommend, um, you know, as you guys probably already heard, community is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly recommend always trying to find those that make up your community and bring new people in for new perspective in your community.
1: That's so wow. good. That's so good. Yeah, As you continue to build your business, you continue to build the kingdom, in, and, and that is awesome. Um, real quick, Casey, I want you to. I, I we talked about it in the beginning. I want you to tell me a, a little bit about what your pregame rituals were and how they changed.
2: <laughs> so I told you about the cross on the arm, mm-hmm. and uh, as that got, you know, as I kind of had this aha moment for myself, uh, I actually used to then draw with a sharpie on my wrist that mm-hmm. cross and the same Psalm fifty-five sixteen. Um, and there's pictures of me from college and there's pictures me in pro ball. Uh, of that of that cross uh, of, wow. of that of that you know Psalm 55:16 written out um, and I would go through uh, kind of pregame you know I would I would always sit in my locker and while I was drawing that on um, it was funny the conversations I'd get from people you know other players they'd come over and talk to me and it was just a way it was a silent way in for me I didn't have to go actively try to uh, you know discuss with them these things they'd come over and be naturally curious. Yeah. you know, with me about it, so uh, it gave me a, an opening to talk about some things that I always felt was me being able to put God first, mm. um, you know, and, and the the biggest of my moments and the smallest of my moments, people would ask me about that cross, and it always brought me back down to earth and kind of humbled me a little mm-hmm. bit to remind me that, you know, this is where I need to be, this is yeah. who I need to be, um, so that was a big thing for me, sitting in my locker, drawing that cross, and then as the game would go on, you know, you go through so much in the span of the game. Yeah. Uh, as, as a game. I was a starting pitcher, so it's just a long, drawn-out marathon that you're going through every Saturday or every fifth day. Um, and uh, at the end of every game, I would make it a point to sit in my locker again and just kind of have a moment, whether everybody was, you know, partying and music weighed up and throwing stuff everywhere, or if it was just the whole locker room had emptied out. I always try to make it a point to sit quiet for a second, just Mm. take everything in, because I knew, especially as I got toward the end of my college career, uh, I didn't know how many games I had left, and I didn't know how much time I had left in that space. So just try to be thankful for it, and uh, you know, really kind of take it in, because I knew it's it was uh, something I definitely cherished and was appreciative for in my life.
1: Mm, So good, man. And and lastly, I want to ask you what words of affirmation would you have for somebody who's listening to you and your story, whether they're an athlete or not, uh, what words of affirmation would you leave to them today?
2: Um, you know, I think, like I said before, I, I think we have these preconceived notions, we have these dreams, right? And, and our dreams um, often are what drive us day in and day out. So, um, you know, for me, my encouragement um, is to identify your purpose First and foremost, pray about your purpose. Um, try to understand and establish your purpose outside of your sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, you're going to be given a platform, potentially, mm-hmm. um, to be a very you know famous athlete one day if you have a ton of success in your sport. Um, it's how you use that platform and what you do outside of that platform that will really dictate the longevity and the legacy of your life. Mm. Um, and, and what you do in your name and who you are and the impact you've left behind. So, um, you know, identifying your purpose, connecting it to how you're going to make an impact. Um, and just knowing that, you know, in your darkest hours and your best days, uh, God's got your back. He's got a path for you. Mm. And, um, you know, most athletes, don't they athletes their whole life. They find a way outside of athletics and they find yeah. out uh, a connection with the community, um, and, and you know, with the, the real world so to speak. So bring God through that journey with you. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it behind. That's yeah. that's my biggest
3: uh emphasis. Take my